Good morning, everyone. Welcome to chapel. It's good to see everyone. We're going to start by singing number 26 in the blue hymnal, Holy Spirit, Come With Power, 26. We'll do all the verses and stand when you've turned there. Spirit, come with power. Breathe into our campus in northern Indiana your vigor and inspiration. Good morning and welcome to the first chapel of this new year of 2015, our second semester, spring semester. My name is Bob Yoder and I serve as campus pastor here. This time when we gather is a time of worship and being together as a community. And so out of respect for people who are leading up front and for us as a community, I invite you now to put away your iPads, your smartphones, and other screen or technological devices. Welcome back from what we hope was a restful break for you all. Nice and chilly here this morning. Tomorrow morning it'll even be a little bit chillier when you wake up at 8 o'clock for class. For those of you who are new here to Goshen, welcome, and we hope that Goshen will be a place of belonging for you all. For those of you who are on SST or other off-campus endeavors, welcome back as you rejoin our gathered community here on this campus. Our campus ministry's theme this year is Encuentro, Encounter. In the opening chapel of the fall semester, I shared of an encounter story between the Apostle Paul and Lydia, 
from Acts chapter 16. These two individuals had many differences. One was a woman, one was a man. One was a business person, the other a religious leader. One was a Jew, the other was a Gentile. Previous to this particular story, Paul had had a significant encounter with the resurrected Christ that had a profound impact on his life and vocation. And he now focused much of his energies on helping to foster and establish Jesus-following gospel communities, communities of good news throughout the Mediterranean region. Lydia was a business person, a dealer of purple cloth. She was a person of hospitality and prevailed upon Paul and his traveling companions to stay with her in her home, both when they arrived in the city and after they escaped from prison. After this chapter in Acts, we don't know if Paul and Lydia ever met up again. But we do know that a Jesus-following gospel community rose up in the city of Philippi. And it seems that perhaps that initial encounter between Paul and Lydia had positive rippling effects that reverberated. The Paul-Lydia encounter story is one of many such biblical accounts. But the same spirit that moved in that story continues to breathe in God's people today. In today's chapel, you will hear from several students who had their own significant encounters this past fall. As they share, you might recall some of your own encounters of this past four months where you have been changed or challenged or impacted in some way. And as you look back or reflect back, you might also consider what from that informs you as you look forward to the next several months. What kinds of encounters do you still hope for? Do you anticipate? How do you want to be positively impacted? How might you put yourselves in situations where you can have those kind of powerful encounters? As with every chapel, we light the Christ lamp, which is in front of me, as a reminder of God's presence and ever-moving and ever-acting spirit among us. Let us pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for traveling mercies as we've gathered back on campus. We've come from many different places around the globe. We lift up those who are traveling to Peru this morning on their SST endeavor. Give them traveling mercies. As we gather on campus in a very cold time of year, we think of those for whom who do not have walls of comfort and warmth. Continue to be with them, be with gathered people around them. Be with us as we begin a new semester. Calm our anxieties as we get ready to look at syllabi, to not be too overwhelmed. Be with our professors and other staff and administrators as they launch off into a new semester. We invite your continued presence with us now in our gathered time of worship.
In your holy name, amen. Another tradition that we do in every chapel is the passing of the peace. And so I invite you now to stand up, find at least five people, welcome them back to campus, and grant them God's peace and blessings. As we get back in our seats, turn to hymn number 385, 385, What Gift Can We Bring? And we're all on unison on this one, so everyone sing the top line. Julian will give us an intro on the piano and we'll go ahead and start. We'll be hearing from three student leaders who will be reflecting briefly on some significant encounters from last semester. We'll hear from Alma Flores and she'll speak about the 43 missing students in Mexico. Um, Claire Frederick will speak about the Carry That Weight campaign and Bobby Schweitzer will talk about the Hymn Club Marathon. Let's give our attention to Alma. Hi everyone. The convocation on the 43 students missing from Ayotzinapa was God's work. We never thought it was going to be so much work. Even though we had really busy schedules, we were able to meet three to four days per week and even on weekends. Although this was an issue from my country, the rest of the group took the issue as theirs with the same passion. There was a time when people would ask Sam Peña and I, what do you guys want to get from this? What's the purpose? and we often didn't know what to answer. But as the six of us met one night at Dr. Good's house, our history teacher, 
We both realized that our purpose was to unify all of us to fight against the injustice and corruption in Mexico, but also of this country and the rest of the world. When difficult times came, working on this convocation and others and other events gave me hope and made me realize how us, the young generation, can change the world. This was just the start of many things to come here at Goshen College. Thank you. Hi, I'm Claire Frederick. And last semester, I directed the Carry That White Day of Action. This was a national movement with the purpose of showing support for survivors of sexual violence. Studies show that one in four women are sexually assaulted during their college career, and Goshen faces the same reality. Emma Solkowitz was raped in her dorm room at Columbia University. She inspired the Carry That Way Day of Action. The college chose not to take action against her perpetrator. In fact, the administration found that her rapist was not responsible. Since then, she has been protesting the lack of action by continually carrying a mattress around her campus. I read about this movement on Facebook, and with the help of many friends, we brought it to Goshen. Overnight, word spread, and more than 100 students carried either a mattress or pillow throughout the day. I was moved by the response of the student body. That day, we visually demonstrated our support for survivors of sexual violence. But the progress can't stop there. Many of us, including the administration, have chosen to continue the conversation and take action toward positive change. It's important for us to become aware of the reality of sexual violence here at Goshen College. Even if you don't realize it, someone you know is a survivor of sexual assault. We must validate the experiences of survivors of sexual assault. Typically, college campuses do a poor job of approaching the issue. The Carry That Weight movement has altered the way that some colleges address rape, harassment, and consent. But institutional reform won't happen here unless we all take action. Thanks. On the evening of Friday, November 14th, students, faculty, and community members gathered in newcomer room 19. And at seven o'clock, they sat in a circle with this peace lamp at our center, and we started singing from the blue hymnal in front of you, hymn number one, what is this place? After that first hymn's final words, this is the place where we can receive what we need to increase, God's justice and God's peace, we moved on to hymn number two. Hymn by hymn, verse by verse, we kept singing. People came and people went as the time and singing moved on. 30 hours later, at 1 a.m. Sunday morning, we sang the final hymn. From the first to the last hymn, that weekend of singing was filled with holy moments. Students getting out of bed at 3 a.m. to sing Christmas songs, Easter hymns arriving just at the crack of dawn, people commenting on the live feed saying that they were singing along from afar, and seeing people sing many hymns from heart without even looking at the hymnal, and seeing how this event brought people together. Some folk were well over 90 and others were just reaching their ninth month, and students joined with professors, and we had politically and theologically conservative and liberal people in the same room singing together constructively. 
For some, it may not feel that this was piecework, but with each hymn, with each verse that we sang, we knit that group slightly stronger together, and that itself is piecework. Our event was called Sing for Peace, a Hymn Marathon, and we sang 658 hymns in 30 hours. Together we raised over $10,000 for Christian peacemaker teams, and over 4,000 people in over 40 different countries viewed the live stream, and well over 350 people of Goshen students, faculty, and community members um, sing along with us. The planning of this hymn sing of all hymn sings was the collaborative effort of about 10 students. Um, it started as a slightly serious conversation around a rot table, and it began, began as, a, well, let's just sing for 24 hours. Well, doing it just because we could and thought it would be fun. Then it developed into a, well, we could just sing through the entire hymnal, so let's just do that. Finally, it coalesced as a fundraiser, and we figured what better organization than to raise money for Christian peacemaker teams who is involved in active, nonviolent, on-the-ground piecework in places like Israel, Palestine, Colombia, and with native peoples in Canada. Sing for Peace was significant because it modeled a method of social change. It is an example of a community using its gifts, something it enjoys in a way that creative, creatively builds relationship, community, and peace. We here at Goshen have many talents, one of which is singing. Sing for Peace was a creative venture in using that singing and using our voices to creatively act and work for peace. When I look at Goshen's student body, when I look at you all, I am so amazed because I see so much potential. We carry many and varied gifts, and I know that if we are serious, we can find ways of using these gifts to creatively build community, to empower others, and to work for peace in the coming semester and years beyond. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you to the three students that shared. Um, now, after Elisa, um, starts us in some hymns, we invite you to come and share your own response. You can come to the center of the chapel here and leave your own response on these posters. Um, and we invite you to think about not only the three um, events shared here, but also the Ferguson and other public protests and the gender conversations from last semester. Um, think about how you have been changed, challenged, or impacted by these encounters and how do you see these encounters impacting you in the semester to come? Please take out your Sing the Journey and Sing the Story, and we'll begin with Sing the Journey 109, and then go to Sing the Story 16. So just be ready to sing those.
Go into the world with a daring and tender love. The world is waiting. Go in peace, and all that you do, do it for love. And we'll end with a hymn. So please take out your Sing the Journey, number 78. So don't go yet. <laughs> Hold on. And we'll sing the English through once, and then we'll sing the Swahili. Now go in peace. <laughs> <laughs>